Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the show that looks at the why, the what, and the how of living slow in a fast-paced world. This is episode number 149. I'm Brooke McCallery and I'm joined by Ben McCallery, my co-host, my husband. Thank you. I only joined you, though, for this intro. That's true. <laughs> you still joining me, though? Yeah, I am. Hello to you and to everyone. I hope you're all having a good day, night, evening. Morning. Morning. I certainly aren't. Whoa. You okay? Do you need to meditate? Yes, I think I do. This is episode 149 and you speak to Kevin Jenks. Yes. Again. Again. So back in episode 135, I sat down with Kevin and uh, you might remember he is the founder of Centered Meditation in Sydney. And he and I had an amazing conversation about meditation and how he was a very skeptical person, uh, but he was eventually convinced to try meditation by his uh, his partner. Mm. He was suffering nightmares and uh, lots of anxiety and, and quite a few kind of health issues, tried meditation for a few weeks and was a convert. And he and I spoke at length about, you know, what that looked like for him and the benefits that he's had. He's, he's first of all, not had any nightmares since, which I think is amazing. Uh, and how he went from being a skeptic to someone who literally runs a meditation studio, you know, and teaches people how to meditate. And it was, it was a great conversation, but what I failed to do, which was actually pointed out to me by my dad. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> thanks, Pete. Was that I didn't ask Kevin how to meditate. Mm. So when I realized that, and then I've been receiving lots and lots of questions from, from you guys about the, the practicalities of meditation and some of the more common questions, I knew that it was time to go and sit down with Kevin again. So I did literally sat on the floor of his, his studio and, and we had another great chat. Um, we speak specifically about how to meditate. It's a lot less intimidating than I used to think it was. It's very simple. And Kevin does an awesome job of just making it simple and accessible. And, and mm. you know, it doesn't need to have any of the additional kind of elements that we often think about when we think about meditation. And then I ask him some of the most frequent questions as well. So, you know, what equipment do I need? How long do I need? How do I, you know, how do I sit? Where do I do it? Where can I do it? Where can't I do it? All those kinds of things. Uh, and also, you know, how to develop a, a regular practice. So do you, is this like part two of the uh, first? <laughs> it's kind episode? of like part one, but it's a, pre, it's, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. Prequel to Kevin's initial conversation, yes. Okay, the, so if you, were, if you haven't listened to episode 135, listen to this one first. Exactly, then go then back. Then go back to 135. So the show notes will have a link to episode 135. Head over to slowyourhome.com slash 149. I will link, obviously, to Kevin's first conversation, but also he talks through a number of apps today that you can start, you know, learning how to meditate or, or use them to help you develop a, a practice of meditation. But beautifully, Kevin actually rounds out this episode with the meditation. Oh, it's so awesome. nice. It's so beautiful. So he, he, like, I just sat next to him as, as he was kind of working through it and it was so lovely. So I disappear at the end of the episode and that's why I didn't want to come back in and kind of take you out of your zone of bliss mm. or whatever um yeah. after so yeah enjoy that you yeah. know hang around to the end and it's sort of five six minutes of, of meditation with kevin and it's absolutely lovely fantastic mm. so ben if you're not having a good morning i think you should go and do that i'm going to now edit this episode <laughs> have a good day everyone yeah enjoy the enjoy the conversation to be back talking to you again it was um i mean your your episode a few weeks ago has been one of our most popular over like the whole year so i'm really stoked that you're um, happy to have me back again wow thank you so much it's so great to be back i had just had the best time ever last time me and, too and absolutely love the feedback it, it's pretty funny a lot of people uh, a lot of our guests were coming to the studio and saying things like oh, i listened to that podcast um wow it's such a great podcast and and my first reaction is oh thanks you know I try my best or, and then looking at them it was became evident to me that they were talking about you and the podcast in general 
<laughs> and I was like, uh, oh, yeah, of course, the podcast in general. That, yeah, that's amazing. Of course, that's what I was referring to. Side note to my ego. Have a little conversation with myself later on. No, I'm sure they were referencing your episode. Um, but what like, I kind of feel like what I did, which was probably not a very good job as an interviewer, I put the horse before the cart kind of thing. Uh, because quite a few people have said to me, that was wonderful, I'm so inspired, you know, I'm really motivated to, to meditate, but you didn't actually talk about how to do it, <laughs> which is probably quite a large oversight on my behalf. So that's what I wanted to kind of open up today by asking you. I mean, how do people meditate? How can someone meditate? So meditation is actually a lot easier than most people think and yeah, I'm very happy we can go over some of the uh, some of the common misconceptions of, of meditation as to that get in the way of people actually meditating effectively or thinking that they can meditate effectively. I guess to begin with, we'll just let's define what we're talking about when I'm talking mm. about meditation because a lot of people say things like surfing is my meditation and and you know there are literally thousands of, of typed styles, variations, things that people put the word meditation to. And without going into any detail or trying to refute or you know, organize any of that, I'll just put it into context with what I'm talking about when I'm talking about meditation. And that is taking your mind through a simple mental process. So that's pretty much it. what and how yeah. <laughs> to yeah. do meditation. Yeah. So that's the thing. We, we complicate things, don't we? Like, I mean, I know for me, when I first started exploring meditation, I had visions of, you know, I had to sit on a particular kind of meditation cushion and I needed you know, a particular kind of chanting and I needed all of these things before I could get started. And what I discovered is that it's, it can be so simple, but that's what I love about what you do. You make it simple. Yeah. And, and a lot of people do come in and they come into our studio. They, they talk to, talk to us and they say, oh, you know, I've tried meditation, but I just, I can't do it because I can't push the thoughts away. Mm. So maybe we'll start with a few of the misconceptions around what you know what is considered meditating and what's not considered meditation yeah because i think that's one of the biggest obstacles people i can't i can't stop thinking i can't empty my mind or you know uh someone specifically said i get to a point where i feel like i'm doing a really good job of keeping my mind clear which is when all the thoughts take the opportunity to kind of dogpile in to my head so i mean what what do people do like if, if you don't have to if you're not if the aim is not to stop thinking what what are people trying to do when they meditate? Yeah, great. Great leading question if the aim is not to stop thinking. <laughs> um, because that is, that's probably the number one complaint that people come in with. They say, oh, I've tried meditation or I haven't even tried meditation because I can't stop my mind from thinking. My mind thinks too much. I can see how meditation would have value, but for someone who, who thinks less than I do, my mm. mind's just too crazy. By the way, I'm sorry to tell you if you think that of yourself yes you're a unique individual and I have no doubt about that but your mind is pretty much the same as everyone else <laughs> in that regard because minds think that's what they do uh, we think and it's really important to recognize that when we sit down to meditate we're not actually trying to not think we're not trying to think about nothing in fact thinking would imply some kind of cognitive process happening in your brain mm, exactly and no thing would imply you know nothing so that's not even a it's not even a, a possibility in our in our in our in our realm <laughs> to think of nothing well that's it that's exactly right you know you start to think i'm not thinking but i'm thinking about not thinking and then it's that's, just this this cycle that kind of drives right. us mad that's right now there is a state to get to where well sorry not to get to there is a state that we can find ourselves in where there are no thoughts yep but that's different to not thinking thinking, yeah to sitting down and saying okay i'm not gonna think and is that a practiced thing well no so the basically well yes (laughs) of course it's a it's a practice thing but the biggest practice is in the recognizing that it's really true that the aim of meditation isn't to think of nothing yeah and so yes you are correct in in that sense because no matter how much you say oh okay i because that's what they say they say okay i get it i say it's okay to have thoughts and I say yeah it's okay to have thoughts and then they'll do this session and they'll say how was it and they'll say yeah it was really good um, there was times when I still had a bit too many thoughts but I'll work on getting it better and I said to myself you know what part of thoughts are okay didn't you get yeah and a common response to that is when you start digging it down is 
is that, well, you know, yeah, of course, for me, it's okay as a beginner that thoughts are okay, I get what you're saying, but, you know, I'm not going for the beginners for the beginners level of achievement. I'm going for the experts level achievement because I'm an expert achiever at everything else that I do in my life. And, you know, I understand you're saying the whole no thoughts thing, but surely the aim is eventually to get to no thoughts. Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true either so yes it's the biggest practice the practice isn't to get to no thoughts the practice is in accepting that the thoughts will arise no matter how much that voice comes into your mind and says you could be doing this better mm. i know you you know you you know you're, you're doing this crap and like you've done everything else in your life and, and yeah. th things like that so um that's the that's one of the the big things with meditation and, and once people get over that conceptualization then meditation becomes quite easy because yep. when you sit down and close your eyes and you have thoughts, well, it's no longer a big deal. Yeah. And we can talk through the actual process and, you know, let's just get it right out of the, out of the way now. The way we teach meditation at Centered Meditation is a simple three-step process. And in fact, before I even get there, I'll say that let's th we talk of meditation as a process rather than a state to get to because mm. that's another thing that people come in and say, Oh, you know, I've got to meditate to get to this state. Like it's a state to get to. Yeah. But meditation, rather, if we think about it as a process that we just go through, it becomes, again, quite easy mm. to do it because most people can, you know, do simple processes. So the three steps that we, that we practice are, one, we rest our attention on some kind of anchor point. It might be our breath. It might be the sound. It might be a body scan. It could be a range of, range of, of things. Then the next part you don't have control in, your mind wanders away because that's just what minds do. Um, about 50% of the time your mind's thinking about some, you're thinking about something other than what it is you're doing. Right, 50% of the time. That's, the yeah, research indicates indicates that. Um, right, so if you meditate for half an hour, maybe 15 minutes of it, you're thinking outside, well, you're always thinking, but you know what I mean? You're, you're elsewhere yeah and not only during the meditation when you're out in your yeah. da daily life having a conversation with, <laughs> yeah, right. with someone and thinking about you know the next interview that you're going to do or the wow. next session that i've got to take and and things like that sure with training we can actually we can refine we can refine that element but the point there is that it's it's a natural human condition yep. to for the mind to wander away and to think so we have our anchor point the breath the sound whatever it might be then the mind wanders away and then at some point we have this like spontaneous realization of, oh, I've, I've been thinking. Because mm -hmm. usually while you're thinking, you don't necessarily realize that you're thinking. So you have this realization that oh, I'm thinking. And then easily, effortlessly, gently, we just return back to that anchor point right. with no judgment on ourselves. No, I'm doing this wrong because no, that's exactly what's meant to happen. You have the anchor point, then your mind wanders away. Then you realize your mind's wandered away and you gently return it to the anchor point mm -hmm. easily effortlessly with no intensive concentration needed nothing like that so that's how we teach meditation we find that a very effective um, form yeah and i just I, I love the addition of no judgment as well because i think we, we kind of beat ourselves up when we oh man i was thinking again I'm so yeah. stupid <laughs> like, yeah no you know and and i've sat in a session with you before and it's just it's such a gentle compassionate kind of way of just guiding our, ourselves back, you know, and I think that, I mean, it's hard to sort of separate it from meditation, but as a practice in and of itself, that gentle, com like self-compassionate thing is such an amazing thing to practice, yeah. you know, and I think that it seems like there's a lot of that tied in what you, what you teach and what you help people to understand as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and all, the, all of our corporate programs are based on insights like that, that we get through meditation. Mm. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And you can bring those things into your everyday life outside of the meditation into your everyday life and you'll see huge improvements. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, for me personally, it's just been the, uh, the, like the, the, the practice, I guess, of accepting that I'm thinking other things and not engaging with them just because they're there doesn't mean just because a thought is there doesn't mean I need to think it, you know, I don't need to engage with it. I don't need to think that it's true even. Uh, and that to me has been huge in being able to quiet some of the more like negative self-talk mm -hmm. and the distractions and the um you know the procrastination and all those sorts of things that often throw us off track during a day and it's not it's not related directly to meditation but i feel like the practice of meditation has helped me with that a lot do you have yep. you found that yourself 100 percent, and mm. that's that's and that's exactly what i was referring to when i talk about the insights 
gained and, and what you're um, what you're describing there of is developing this mind of an observer mm. to be watching your own mind and body and and thoughts and all of that in real in real time and once we develop that mind of an observer we can somewhat detach ourselves from this idea that we are inherently fused with our thoughts and our emotions yeah because you're not you'll then see that oh yeah like you said there's that thought it's not there's my thought that is me yes it's just there's that thought yes there's that emotion Mm. there's that and now I can actually decide well now that I can see that it's separate to me well I've actually I can decide how I interact with it that's right and it kind of removes the reactionary sort of stance that I was living with just constantly like I'd see something I'd react to it you know before I'd even notice that that's what I was doing yeah it's it's phenomenal that's right um, so going back to how we meditate, people often talk about needing particular equipment or, you know, do you, like meditation is sitting on the floor cross-legged, even though that's actually what we're doing right now. Um, that's yeah. more a logistic thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like meditation isn't, doesn't need to be, you know, in a darkened room with a candle lit and um, sort of chants playing. And what does it look like? What, does it, what can it look like? So you can effectively meditate anywhere that you can safely close your eyes Mm -hmm. that's the good general rule so you a couple of exceptions to when you can't meditate would be things like operating heavy machinery right (laughs) driving a motor vehicle all the things that my um that my um, professional indemnity insurance has me uh has me state (laughs) before sessions (laughs) um uh, so yeah so it's something that can be practiced really can be practiced anywhere on trains Mm. on buses um yeah you can practice it in in a darkened room and and some people find that really it's you know it's really nice to be in a nice relaxing environment but it's not a prerequisite for being able to meditate so yeah we're you know we are sitting here cross-legged on the floor I'm also looking into our our studio where we have you know 30 armchairs that most people actually do choose to meditate on so yeah there's no need to take up a particular posture Mm. Uh, we generally meditate sitting upright um, in some you know in some form again whether that's sitting on the floor whether that's sitting um, leaning up against the wall whether that's sitting in a chair whatever it might be Mm -hmm. that's the general the you know the, the general way that we meditate and that's to guess we'll probably get on to sleep at, at some point but um you know if we lie down and we fall asleep then we're not meditating yeah but we're sleeping <laughs> we're, we're sleeping correct now there is there is also a place for you know for for bits of sleep during meditation and you know we can we can that's something i want to talk to you about in a minute yeah elaborate on that but yeah for the most part meditation can be practiced as i said um any way that you can safely mm. close your eyes and i wonder if that's something that um you potentially can practice and work towards i mean i know i think for me i'd probably feel more um more able more kind of adept at meditating on a train or in an office now that i understand a little of the process that we take ourselves through yeah do you find that people uh, maybe if you if you give yourself a distraction free or you know low distraction mm-hmm. space to start with you then can possibly extend it to elsewhere or is it just personal preference no, I think I think a distractive-free environment is is a key. Although, let's just define what distraction-free is: mm. you know, noise of passing cars or of the the train driver making announcements and things like that. I wouldn't consider distractions. I'd consider a distraction like having your phone on in your pocket, right. and then it ringing and you checking to see who's calling you. Yep. Or, you know, um, the other thing that, that we find a, a lot is that um, people meditating in an environment where they can actually hear com- the conversation happening mm-hmm. next to them or meditating when there's a TV going on next to them and they can actually hear the words, the mind will ten- tend to right. kind of gravitate towards that conversation and yep. then you'll feel like you're having a... Um, in you know in a soap opera or, 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 or something <laughs> like that you'll be more engaged with that than you will in in the process but right. that's not a hard and fast hard and fast rule so if someone was starting out I would say get yourself into a position where you can be sitting in an office environment yeah just put some headphones yeah. on or something like that so you can't just physically hear the 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 words of the conversation hearing just the, the noises and sounds and things like that um, that's absolutely fine mm. but the actual making out of the conversation 
you might find your mind gravitates towards that conversation. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you don't need to find the perfect dark, quiet room. You can, as providing you're able to maybe tune out the actual conversation, it's um, it's it's going to be yeah, fine. Exactly. When I started meditating, I used to meditate in my car in yeah. a car park. Or yeah. 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 In my okay. car on the side of the road. That's actually something I suggest to people if they're short on time. Uh, even outside of the actual practice of meditation, if you're short on time um, in terms of practicing mindfulness, drive somewhere five minutes early and just sit in your car yeah. for five minutes and breathe deeply. You know, I think it's actually a really nice kind of close, safe space to sit and do something like that. Yeah, yeah, real safe space. I mean, I, I used to. So I left my office to meditate because I thought if any of my colleagues found <laughs> out that I was meditating, I'd be, um, I'd be struck out as the, as the hippie. <laughs> Or you showed them. <laughs> so well, I showed them all right. Um, and then when I started meditating in my car, I was like, what happens if someone walks past and sees that I'm meditating? Like, <laughs> you know, what are they going to think of me? But this probably goes goes more to uh, to my conception of myself than, uh, right. than my ability to meditate in, in all these places. So. <laughs> okay. So do you um, encourage people to say particular words, mantras, visualizations, are there things, tools, I guess, that people can can start to develop for themselves that will help them as they start meditating? Yeah, there's certainly, and there, there's, I mean, there's a fortune of, of different, you know, what we'd call anchor, anchor points mm. for your meditation that you can use. Yeah, of course, you can use, um, you can use words, sounds, um, your breath, a really simple way to get started because it will require you know, no further research, no further looking into anything after listening to this is literally just closing your eyes and noticing your breath wherever you feel it. Um, it doesn't have to be an intense concentration on your breath. You don't have to feel every air particle coming in yeah. and out. Just some kind of you know, idea of your breath, just watching it as it enters, leaves your body, and then at some point you'll realize that you're thinking. Mm. And that's all part of the process. And then when you realize that the thoughts are there and the thoughts have become prevalent, you just gently return your attention back to your breath and you just keep going through this, through this cycle. So it's literally as easy as that. As it, that. It's embarrassingly simple. Uh, yeah. not, not embarrassing for you, know, for you as a practitioner. Like. No, but I think it's, it's, it's kind of... I, I'm always astounded by how complicated we want to make things, you know, or perhaps we use that complication as an excuse to not try it you know I don't know how to do it I don't know what I need I can't sit on the floor I can't and we give ourselves all these reasons to not try but when it's presented as something as simple as come back to your breath come back to your breath I mean there is no excuses no reason why we can't try that's right yeah that's right come back to the breath and accepting that the when your mind is drifting away it's part of the process it's an essential part of the process failing yeah, it's mm. not failing at all. It's it's participating in the process because yeah. while your mind is in that space, all sorts of things are, are are happening for you. I mean, I've I've had you know some terrific creative insights that have come out of that mm. that space that have been there. It's we often find ourselves in a very pleasant place where you know we are in that like you know mind wandering state, so to speak. Um, but it's you know it's it's really great, and more importantly. When we look at the results from the studies, uh, obviously when the meditators are getting studied, they're reporting, experiencing lots of thoughts and, and things like that. Yeah. And they're getting the results that you're all hearing about of, you know, the, the lowering, lowering of the blood pressure, the improvement of the digestive function, the improvement of sleep, the, um, you know, the increases in productivity and of happiness of, you know, all these, these incredible things. And that's all happening um, in the studies from meditators who are having thoughts during meditation. Yeah. So that doesn't tell us the thoughts about again. It tells mm-hmm. us that thoughts are just part, part of that of process. process. And when that mind goes off, that's just accept that that's part of the process. Yeah. That's such a nice way of thinking about it, I think, because I, th- I mean, there are times where I still find myself thinking, man, this would be so great if I could only stop my thoughts. <laughs> but it's part of the process. And it's, it, I think that's a really nice way of, of and, and kind of an accessible and invitational way of, of describing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And and then sorry to add one more thing. A lot of people also then they seem to have this benchmark because we love benchmarking as mm-hmm. humans. They have this benchmark of okay, so yesterday I had x number of thoughts approximately. Yeah. So tomorrow I should have x minus, you know. Yes. minus 10% or, or something like that. I need to be improving. Correct. And meditation 
definitely doesn't work like that. So you fluctuate up and down with regards to thoughts. You sit and close your eyes. Some days you have, you know, thousands and thousands of thoughts. Yeah. And other days you may find yourself with, with no thoughts. Yeah. But we don't hold ourselves to any of these expectations because all that matters is that we go through the process. That's the only thing that we set ourselves up to do. Yeah. So, and once we are only going, setting ourselves up to go through the process, well, there's no such thing as a good or a bad meditation. That's right. So you can't use that as an excuse either. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, again, is just such a, a really important realization to, to make, you know, and I think it was last time we spoke, I th- I'm pretty sure you said like, we're not focusing on the benefit in the moment of meditation either. Yes. All we're doing is the process of meditating. The benefits are elsewhere, you know, we feel the benefits in all those ways that you just listed, um, plus I'm sure many more, you know, that we don't, you don't need to f- walk away from the meditation feeling like you've just done something that's gonna change world. It's just, just do it, just do the, the process. Yeah, length. That's right. length, meditation length, like how long do people need to meditate like is there a minimum that's beneficial is there a maximum at which point it becomes you know like no more benefit on top of that or you know what i mean what do you recommend i know when you first started i think you said you did it twice a day for half an hour in the morning half an hour in the evening yes yeah, so there's the dosage debate is an interesting discussion and there's no conclusive evidence that i've seen for that says you know prescribes x number of minutes x times a day x times a week yep there's certainly the i would recommend in the ideal world that people are doing 30 minutes of meditation Mm -hmm. a day yeah at 45 if they're you know if if they're up for it Mm -hmm. Um, but that's again you say you know what's what would be my ideal if you ask me like you know what would be the ideal i'd say everyone woke up in the morning and they meditated for you know 20 to somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes in the morning and then again somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes in the afternoon that, right. that's my ideal yeah ideal world and what will be realistic for you is somewhere in between that you might just be able to manage 15 minutes a day mm-hmm. and there's certainly um, evidence out there that um, is hugely in, in support of that you know 10 or 15 minutes a day having benefit on your everyday life but don't take my word for it and don't take the research studies word for it. It's an experiment that you can just do for yourself. Do it for a few weeks and see how it impacts your life. Yeah. Yeah. Back to this idea of experimentation. We don't have anything to lose. That's, that's right. You, you know, you could say, Oh yeah, my time's so, so valuable, but you'll have, you'll find time for Facebook and Instagram. And that's not an indictment on, on, you know, on you, if you like Facebook and Instagram, but there might be some time that you can kind of there. you can dig down and find. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think I, I'm just such a fan of the experimentation approach. You know, just see. Just try it and see. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is there, okay, is, is there ever an instance where people shouldn't meditate apart from when they're driving heavy machinery? Like is, and I don't, I, this is just a question that, that I'm curious about. Is there... I don't know if people have mental health, like if they're battling a mental health issue or something like that, is there? If you've received specific advice from a healthcare professional that not to meditate, then I would say either don't meditate or, you know, go get a, um, go get a second opinion from an, you know, equally or more qualified Mm -hmm. healthcare professional. Um, So there's certainly, if you're, if you've received that, that advice, and if you have any doubts as to whether, whether meditation is the right thing for you to do because you know you're suffering from some kind of uh, you know mental health condition or whatever it might be then yeah I encourage you to seek mm. seek advice from a healthcare professional so I'm certainly not going to um, going to sit here and say you know every single person in the world um, should meditate having said that um, I um, you know I believe that the risks are, are so incredibly low to negligible for your average yeah person yeah and that was um that that was the reason I asked that actually is that when I first did a meditation experiment last year I had people kind of follow along with me and there were a number of people who said that they found themselves thinking thoughts that were upsetting when they were meditating Mm -hmm. is that common yeah so when when we sit down and meditate and especially if you it often happens when you're starting out from meditation you find we often find these emotional releases Mm. are happening and it happens, yeah, it, it, it does happen. 
as I said, in my experience, it's more common when people are starting out yeah. to meditate. As this all gets, it, it does churn things up, but it's a, it's somewhat of a, an emotional release. So yeah, of course, they might be thinking things that that are upsetting, but it's also um, you know, it's it's somewhat of a stress release yeah. response. And wow, what a great environment to be releasing that. Yeah, from safe our, space from our body and mind. So mm. yeah, it's it's something that happens from time to time, and some people come out of sessions, um, and you know they are they're crying, mm. but they often describe it as very cathartic. Yeah, um, and it's not something. It's something that usually goes away, and, and I wouldn't say at all that that's a reason not to meditate. Quite to the contrary, let's let's actually get, they're getting in touch with what's really going on for them. Yeah, so, and what's really going on for us under that facade of life is perfect and i'm fine i'm fine thank you very much comes with unwanted unwanted thoughts Mm. and unwanted emotional experiences that at some point in your life you're going to be dealing with yeah if you're not already dealing with them Mm. yeah that's that's fascinating to hear that that's like a relatively common kind of occurrence yeah i mean yeah not like yeah yeah, it it happened it happened it happens from time i'd say you know i'd say in our studio we get it reported to us maybe one in a hundred. Okay. Again, that's, that's, yeah. it's very anecdotal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Where's your yeah. data? Are you yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm always very distinct, distinctive, distinct when I'm, when I, when something's anecdotal because I'm such a skeptic. Yep. <laughs> Which I think is great. It's, I think it gives us more reason to, yeah. to pay attention to what you're saying. You're just, this is wonderful. It's all yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Now, we spoke for we spoke a minute ago about falling asleep. Yes. I asked people on Facebook what they wanted me to ask you about meditation, if they struggled with things, if there was something that they were constantly kind of butting up against in their own practice. And quite a few people said that every time they sit down to meditate, they will fall asleep. And they're sitting, they're not they're not laying, mm-hmm. but they're sitting to meditate and within 5 minutes they're they're asleep and then they kind of wake up at the end and are frustrated because they feel like they missed mm-hmm. all the benefits of meditation and fell asleep instead. I guess two questions. Is that common? Um, and what can people do maybe to, to move past that? Or do they need to move past that? So falling asleep is a common experience mm-hmm. in meditation. And I mean, let's, let's get one thing straight. We need to sleep in order to survive. Yep. So, um, you know, food, water, sleep, uh, things that we need. If we don't have them, we'll die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really... You know, sleep's a really great thing. <laughs> and um, certainly not encouraging people not to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, when you're sleeping, you know, when I close my eyes at night and go to sleep, I'm not meditating. Yes. Um, and the we can do a few things. We can do things. The philosophy that we, that, we, um, that we have at Centered Meditation is that you set yourself up to not sleep mm-hmm. as best as possible. And then if you do sleep you enjoy the sleep okay? because we're not trying to fight any experience during meditation that goes into that controlling realm, which mm-hmm. we spoke about earlier with the thoughts. Yeah. So we actually treat sleep the same way as we treat thoughts during meditation. Now, so we, so what I mean by setting yourself up to not sleep. So what I mean by that is that if you're someone, and this is a personal thing, there are some people that can lie down on their backs and not fall asleep. Yeah. They just know that's that used to be me. Um, the uh, as a kid could never sleep on my back. <laughs> Always have a whinge if I was forced to sleep on my back for whatever reason. Like you know, <laughs> so if you can, if that's if that's you and you're not going to sleep, then great, you can meditate lying down mm-hmm. on your back. Um, if you're someone that knows, yes, okay, I, I do, which is probably most of us, especially in our adult life with, with all the demands that we place on ourselves and so forth. So we set ourselves up to not sleep. Um, how to do that best is to sit yourself upright, as mm-hmm. I ex- explained earlier, with your head unsupported. Right. So your head unsupported is, um, is pretty key to this process because when your head's not leaning against something, a headrest or in the back of a, a wall or something like that, then in order for us to fall asleep, the neck neck muscles will generally relax and that will take our head either falling forward or back. Yeah. Now, we should be setting ourselves up in meditation so that if we do fall asleep, our head actually goes forward. So you can do some some um, some analysis <laughs> of, of, uh, of, 
of the using the simple laws of physics as to where your head will likely go if the neck muscles relax and put yourself in a position like that so we're sitting upright our head's not supported and and it's in a position where if we do fall asleep it falls forward as in our chin goes towards our chest yeah that often is enough that head falling is enough for us to wake ourselves Mm -hmm. up essentially in a nice gentle gentle way and um it kind of keeps us on a on a plane where we might not actually be asleep which is uh which is great having said that if you are exhausted or you know have some kind of other issue that um you know that and you do sleep then yeah even sitting yourself up like that your head will fall forward and your chin will be on your chest Mm -hmm. and you'll just be asleep right and now when you think about that sleeping like that you can probably hear the restriction in my (laughs) in my vocal cords sleeping like that is not a comfortable way to sleep so if you're asleep like that your body obviously really needs the sleep so just enjoy the sleep right don't fight it if that yeah exactly don't don't fight that if you're up for it then you can also sit with your back completely unsupported okay that will provide you with a bit more um of that of that kind of um, muscular um, control Mm -hmm. Um, having said that for a lot of people we can't sit with our back unsupported for any length of time Um, and that's completely normal in our in our western society and if you're sitting down uh, like that and after three or four minutes you're complaining about your back hurting and things Mm -hmm. like that chances are you're probably not going to be meditating for very long yeah Um, yeah if it's something you come to dread that's it that was actually one of the 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 most common piece of feedback i had from people when we did the first experiment last year people i can't sit i can't sit on Mm. the floor you know unsupported for any length of time yeah um but you don't need to as we've kind of already discussed yeah Yeah. sit on an armchair we meditate Sense meditation. We meditate very comfortable on very comfortable armchairs. <laughs> yeah, and y- yes, you know, people people fall asleep. But as yeah. I said, we set ourselves up to not sleep. Yes. you can use get cushions and, and things like that to prop yourself up. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and then if you do fall asleep, you fall asleep and you enjoy the sleep. And then at some point during the meditation, you might actually wake up. Yeah, and at that point, you treat it as I said exactly like a thought. You would have thought, oh yeah. I've been sleeping. Now mm-hmm. I'll just go back to the anchor point. Mm-hmm. No judgment. Nothing's nothing's wrong. Now, if despite all that, and the last thing I'll say is persistence on not persistence during the meditation, persistence with just keep coming, keeping coming back to actually sit and practice the right. meditation. So, it's common for people when they start out for um, them to sleep for the first sleep more at least for the first you know week or two of of consistent dedicated meditation first few weeks. And then their body starts to get into the routine. And as the benefits start taking hold on them, as their physiology starts to de-excite and their, you know, their brains start to declutter and things like that, and the, the benefits take hold, um, you actually find that you're, you're more energized in life and you're probably less likely to then just fall asleep okay. during meditation. So I definitely say persist with that. And, but, I mean, there's nothing you get frustrated against. <laughs> there's... There's worse. There's worse things that, <laughs> that that could happen. Then you know, oh, this is one of the side effects of this is you're going to fall asleep. Most people oh, lick their man. lips at that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, we're in a sleep-deprived society. Yeah, and I wonder if that's possibly the one of the other sides to it. You know, that you said yourself that you started sleeping much better as you meditated, and then yeah. I wonder if you're coming into it less exhausted, even if you're only sleeping the same number of hours. Um, but if perhaps it's impacting your sleep in a positive way, you come into your practice less tired as well. Yeah, mm. that's right. And we know that meditation has profound effects on, on sleep. Mm. Um, as I, I'm sure I, t- I t- definitely told you last time, it, it ridded me of my nightmares. Yeah. Literally, I haven't had a nightmare in years. and it, So nightmares don't wake me up in a pool of sweat, heart beating, and then you know, having me struggle to get back to sleep for the next you know, hour or two yeah. in the middle of the night. Now I just go to sleep. I fall asleep straight away and then I wake up. And you wake up in the morning when you're ready to wake up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ex- exactly. So, yeah. So one of the, the other questions, I guess, that I'm sure you would answer a lot, that, that comes up a lot, is maintaining a practice. You know, uh, someone specifically said, I, I love meditation when I do it. I feel the benefits. I enjoy it. But I still can't maintain a regular practice. How do you encourage people to, to start making that practice part of their daily rhythm? Yes. So another really great question. We know that something's good for us we've experienced that 
something good for us and yet we find ourselves not doing it from time to time and it's not just with meditation it happens with everything i mean how many times have you started a diet or said i'm going to cut out you know junk food and then you find yourself eating junk food because it tastes so good (laughs) (laughs) but you know so it's it's something that it's something that is again it's it's some kind of innate innate quality of of um condition of the human the human condition i should say but we can certainly the good news is that we can certainly change our brains Mm. and we can change our habits and we know that neuroplasticity tells us that that we can do that and we can actually rewire our brains so yeah to not crave things like junk food Mm. and you know and, and things like that and that that can just become a part of part of your life same thing with meditation. So I guess the way to, um, the way to do it is the way that to form any habit is to consistently do it over a period of time. Now, again, the, the science will tell you that that time is somewhere between, what, three weeks yeah. and six weeks or, or Yeah, it used to be even. 21 days, didn't yeah. it, to, to form a new habit, but I feel like that has kind of stretched out. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Um, companies can probably make more money by saying, no, no, you actually need to do this with us for eight weeks, exactly. not, not three weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spoken like a true skeptic. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's right. So wh- what I would say is that, is that take it seriously. Um, make, it a, make it a routine mm. to begin with. So diarize it. Treat it like you would any other appointment. You, know, you wouldn't miss an appointment. You wouldn't miss a meeting with your, you know, with your with your boss or, um, you know, a, a doctor's appointment. Or at least if you did, you'd, you'd reschedule it ASAP. Yep. Um, you know, so make it prioritize it like that. Share with people in your life that this is your intention. Mm. This is what you are setting it's up. A bit to of do. accountability. Exactly mm. to get some accountability happening because we we're really great as human beings. I'm really great as a human being of 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 it's like you know this is the way that you should do it and then i say oh yeah yeah, i'm doing it that way but really i'm doing it the kev way i'm not doing it the way that the way that i was told to do it to get the results and then when it doesn't work i'll say but i was doing it the right way you know it's like well let's so let's just get really accountable as to to what we're talking about here. yeah okay so yeah share it with people um enroll other people in the in your in your journey with you hey you know why don't we start a meditation together you know keep each other accountable there are so many ways to do it, but it's that it's having a serious conversation with yourself about, well, this is what I want from my life. Cause it mm. all comes down to what you want from your life. If you just, if you just want to feel good from moment to moment, well, you know, great. I mean, you know, great. You can just go about and you can eat a chocolate when you feel like eating a chocolate for instant gratification. That's what I meant by moment to moment, yeah. living your life for instant gratification. Then yeah, Make that decision and then go with it. Yeah. But if you want to live your life for you know sustainable happiness and long term long term health and, and well being, well, there's usually trade offs that That's come it. with that. And sometimes those trade offs are that instant gratification. Ah, oh, well, I know that we get instantly gratified by you know scrolling through another like another f- one more feed of Instagram. You know, like one more photo, one more just one more scroll. Yeah. Like that's what we're what you know we get a dopamine hit and. And bang, we're off. We want the next. We want to see the next photo and the next thing. So yeah, it does take it does take a discipline. But that discipline, if you can't discipline yourself to meditate, if that's what you set out to do, then you're going to struggle to do most things that you mm. set out to do in your life. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, I guess there's a, a level of self sabotage that we humans have in you know the, yeah. these things that that are good for us, and we know that they're good for us because we've experienced the, that that goodness um and i think yeah i really like what you said about being prepared to trade off you know we it it doesn't happen automatically it won't just happen for us we won't just wake up after eight hours of sleep and just get out of bed and meditate and and do that every day life gets in the way and we need to prioritize things and i think that's that's a really important thing um to to suggest now one i guess possible way that people could build that habit um, is by using an app or you know a program or something like that. Are there? I mean, I know there's tons of them, but are there any resources apart from your your studio here that you would recommend for people who are looking to kind of build that habit? So yeah, there. And what I'll say is is try a few of these apps and see what resonates for you. Yes. Because just like 
like everything else. I mean, you've probably worked out that that's my, my philosophy and approach to life. Try it out for yourself. So the, I mean, the big ones are your Headspace, which is probably the biggest meditation app in, in the world. Um, then um, there's another great app called Calm, um, a really great app called One Giant Mind, um, as well as smiling mind and the, yeah so those are those are some um, some resources to try so download them they will all have um, have free programs that you can begin with and, and actually just see see if that works for you yeah yeah no and i'll also actually include links to all of those in the show notes too so if people want to go and yeah definitely check that out. Um, I especially love what, um, uh, somewhat of a side note, what, what Smiling Mind is, is doing with their, their working. They're, they're a not-for-profit, actually, mm. and um, they're, um, they're working in Australia to get meditation put into schools as part of the so curriculum. Brilliant. And they're just doing really great things. Yeah, so, yeah. because there's increasing numbers of studies being done, isn't there, that, that show the benefits of meditation in schools and in yeah. education and in like, the classroom and, and children's well-being. Uh, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really amazing. Fantastic. So, you know, if you can't decide and you, you like them all and you want to support something with a great great cause they're uh <laughs> they're certainly they're one, one of them yeah yeah so kevin you've been kind enough to to offer a brief meditation to finish uh our conversation today and i'm going to very <laughs> gratefully accept it and i'm going to sit here and enjoy it uh but i just want to say thank you so much for your time again and for having me here and having some delicious tea and it's been wonderful awesome thank you so much i've absolutely loved it once again and um, yeah, I, I love the, the community that you guys have, have created and I hope to continue to be a part of it Likewise. for many years to yeah. come. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, so enjoy the meditation. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you guys soon. Great. All right, so if you want to participate in this meditation, then it's really simple. As I said, you just need to be in a place where you can safely close your eyes. So if you're listening to this whilst driving your car, um, either pull over um, in a safe area or save it for um, for when you get home or get to where you're going so then just sitting nice and comfortably closing your eyes if it feels comfortable you can also leave your eyes open if you prefer and then just sitting just beginning by taking a few slow steady breaths Ideally breathing with your diaphragm, which is this big breathing muscle underneath your ribcage. And as you breathe in, feeling your belly gently rise with each breath in. And then with each breath out, feeling your belly gently fall. And breathing through your nose if it's comfortable for you. By now, the thoughts have probably arisen in your mind. Things that have already happened, things that are yet to happen, whatever they may be. Just keeping in mind that the aim of meditation isn't to think of nothing. You're not trying to push the thoughts away. Each time you realize that the thoughts have become prevalent in your mind, what you're doing is giving a gentle preference to your anchor point, which right now is your breath, your belly breath, your belly rising with each breath in, falling with each breath out. And then just allowing your breath to morph into anything that's comfortable for you. You might continue to feel it at your belly. Or you might feel it at the tip of your nose. Or you might just feel it holistically around your body. a really easy, effortless attention on your breath.
notice any external sounds or sensations through your body or thoughts just accepting these without trying to push them away and then give a gentle preference to your breath in and out Effortlessly observing your breath. Feel free to continue through this process for another 10, 15, 20 minutes on your own, returning ever so gently to your breath each time you notice that you've been thinking. And then whenever you are ready to come out of it, just do so nice and gently, beginning by wiggling your toes deepening your breath, bringing other movement into your body and very slowly opening your eyes. <laughs>